Welcome, 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 everybody. Oh my goodness, it has been a couple of weeks since my last uh, podcast. Uh, I know that you guys have all, um, uh, both of my listeners have been just waiting with bated breath, uh, probably just losing sleep at night, trying to figure out when the next time I'm going to, uh, you know, just spout random nonsense into a microphone by myself in an RV down by the pond. And that night is tonight. I've been trying to do this for a while. Um, but life just keeps getting in the way, you know, uh, this, this doesn't really pay the bills per se. Um, I mean, if my bills were zero, it would pay the bills, but, um, unfortunately my bills are not zero. And so this does not quite cover, uh, a number that is greater than zero, uh, maybe one day that'll change. You know, maybe if I just keep doing this, um, you know, if I just keep doing this long enough, maybe some company will uh, stumble across my podcast and, uh, you know, say, hey, do you want us to give you a lot of money so that you can spout off random nonsense into a microphone? And then I'll say, sure. I've been doing it for free this whole time. Why not? Um, so we got a, a lot of fun things to talk about today. We've got uh, some breaking news about Bill Gates. Uh, we've got abortion stuff. We've got critical race theory. What is it? Why do we care? I'm going to be honest with you. I still don't completely understand it. But we're going to try to talk through that anyway. Uh, some white supremacy gestures on Jeopardy. Uh, the show Jeopardy. Um, other, you know, Vanna White. Um, apparently, her last name is not really white. She just says Vanna White. That's like a subtext of some racial undertones there. Apparently, she's a white supremacist. I'm just kidding. That's not the story. Um, got some nonsense about equality, some woke nonsense that I'm going to complain about later. And some stuff about Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, some other stuff uh, about this guy who was a real life Tom Hanks on Castaway. And a woman who went to or almost went to jail for not returning an old VHS tape. All this and more on the show today. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsor. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Windows. All right, people. If you haven't heard about this, there's this new thing. They're called Windows. So if you're like me, you like looking outside but not feeling what is outside. Well, there's a solution for you. It's called Windows. Uh, windows are a very cool material made up of the stuff called glass, which is sand that has been 
treated under very high temperatures until it becomes a gooey plasma-like structure, which is then formed and shaped in a mold into whatever shape that you want. And then you install these in your house and it allows you to look outside uh, without actually being outside. Windows are the newest way for people to enjoy the great outdoors without actually being outdoors. Right now, you can get 20% off of your first order at www.windows.com using the promo code This Just In Sucks. Once again, that's windows.com, 20% off your first order using the promo code This Just In Sucks. Okay. Um, also brought to you by Sazerac Rye Whiskey, which I am drinking today. Um, never had it before. This is my first time. Actually, I think I might have had it, but I drank too much of it and then I forgot that I had it, which is something that tends to happen when you drink too much whiskey. It's a rye whiskey. It's good. I'm a fan of rye whiskey. I think I've said that before. Um, I am a big fan of the rye. It's sweet. It's a little bit sweet, but not too sweet. And uh, it's good. It's good. I like it. Uh, so that's what I'll be drinking. So go get you some of that. It's good. <laughs> that's that's that should be the motto. Sazerac Rye. It's good. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. It's, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's fine. It's good. It's 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 good whiskey. I mean, I'm drinking it. So anyway, if you see it on the store and you're like, oh, that's the stuff that I heard about on this just in. If you're one of my two listeners, then there you go. All right. Listen up, all you gold digging whores. If you ever wanted a chance to be with a billionaire, well, this is your opportunity. Bill and Melinda Gates are divorcing after 27 years of marriage. That's right. That's right, young ladies. If you don't mind uh, looking at Bill Gates' wrinkly old ball sack until he dies, which, let's be honest, is going to be sooner rather than later, right? Well, I don't know. I say that, but he's probably like sitting on some technology that allows him to probably live until he's 120. And then by the time he reaches 120, he there's going to be new technology between now and then that allows you to live to 150. And then between 120 and 150, there's going to be new technology that allows you to live to 200. And then the son of a bitch is never going to die. And then him and Elon Musk are going to move to Mars and start a new colony of super people with them two and supermodels. And that's going to be humans from now on. Um, so be on the lookout for that. That's fun. Uh, but no, seriously, him and Melinda Gates, they are getting a divorce. They were married for 27 years. They issued a statement on Twitter. The statement says, after a great deal of thought and a lot of work on our relationship, we have made the decision to end our marriage. Over the last 27 years, we have raised three incredible children and built a foundation that works all over the world to enable all people to lead healthy, productive lives. We continue to share a belief in that mission and will continue to work together at the foundation. 
but we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in the next phase of our lives. We ask for space and privacy for our family as we begin to navigate this new life. What? Really? Now? You're like 70. What do you mean you can no longer grow together as a couple? What the what what fucking growth is left to do? First of all, what growth is there left to do? You're a you're a multi-billionaire. And you have a foundation a worldwide foundation and you've been married for 27 years and you have had three kids. Like what growth is there left to do? Did you want to become king of the humans? Like, what did you want? What else was there left that you're talking about? You're going to grow together. I mean, at some point, there's no there's no more growing left to do. Just kick your feet up and watch Walking Dead marathons and complain about kids these days. I mean, at some point, that's where it's got to go. Like, what else did you want? Uh, also, I like... He says we asked for space and privacy. You post you posted it on Twitter. Why do you post something on Twitter and then ask for privacy? If you wanted privacy, you wouldn't post on Twitter. I mean, maybe he was just trying to get ahead of the curve. Maybe he was just trying to like say, okay, like maybe he knew that it was gonna leak eventually at some point. So he was gonna kind of get ahead of it. And be like, okay, I know you guys are going to find out about this eventually. So let it come from me. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to talk about it by talking about it. I mean, I don't understand. Like there's celebrities who get married. There's celebrities, like celebrity couples. I'll be, I'll be standing in the aisle of the grocery store. This happens all the time. I'm standing in the aisle of the grocery store and you know, they have the magazine racks there, which by the way, who still reads those? How are they still in business? And what percent of their business is super old people standing in line to check out for their groceries? I feel like the people who buy those magazines, you know, at the impulse rack right there by the checkout line, when you're sitting there to stand there waiting to check out, they have all the impulse items like candy and gum and shit like that. And then these rag magazines. And I feel like this, the people who buy that stuff are the same people who still write paper checks to pay for their groceries. You guys remember that? Remember that shit used to be normal? I remember going to the grocery store with my mom. And we'd be in line and we'd get up and everybody would be writing checks. And you'd have to be super patient because... You'd have to, they'd have to scan it all and beep it all. And, you know, like nowadays you can just put the card in, you can pay for it. And, and you, by the time, you know, you, you didn't have to wait for it to finish ringing up. You just pay, you just put the card in. And even if it's not done ringing up yet, that way, as soon as it's done ringing up, it's like, boop, receipt, you're out of there. But back in the day, they had to ring it up. They had to tell you how much it was. You, you and then and then you had to be like, are you sure? I have a coupon for that. And then you bust out, you know, this big old Ziploc bag of paper coupons. You, you cut out of the the paper, and 
then he'd hand them to the checkout lady and the checkout lady would beep them and then you get the new total and it wouldn't be that much are you sure are you sure because i thought that was a double coupon I thought I was supposed to get 50 cents off, not 25 cents off. Are you going to? And then you had to go back and there's a little bit of haggling involved there. Right. And then, you know, once you guys come to terms, uh, then you write out a paper check, but then you're still not done. You got to balance it. Right. You got to flip to the back. You got to find your balance sheet in the back and you got to like write in the, all the numbers all over again, a second time. And then see how much you have left in your bank account, because there's no way for you to possibly know that without actually driving to the bank and going inside because there's no drive through. You got to walk in, you got to wait in line, and then you got to talk to Susan behind the counter. And then she wants to ask you about how things are going and how's your dog. And then you got to talk about that for like 10 minutes. And then finally, you get around to finding out what your what your balance is on your checking account. That's how you found out how much money you actually had. So, or the other way was to balance your checkbook. So you balance your check. So you had to do it right then and there. Checking out took like 45 minutes at the grocery store. Different times. So anyway, (laughs) Bill Gates, I wonder if that... I didn't get off track. You're off track. Bill Gates. He, uh, I wonder if his wife leaving had anything to do with this whole vaccine thing. Cause I don't know if you heard, but like the, the, the Gates foundation, apparently just anyone can make a fucking vaccine now. I mean, if you have enough money, you can just make a vaccine. Like what's the difference between all these different vaccines? I don't understand. Like vaccines, they all do the same thing. I know they do it in a different way. But like at the end of the day, it's accomplishing the same thing. Like, how are there so many different kinds? Like, if, if they all do the same thing, what the fuck's the difference? Why are some giving you blood clots and why are some not? Like, I mean, what's this extra shit you're putting in there to give it blood? Like, you give them a part of the, you give them a weakened version of the virus so that the person can get natural, not immunity. It's not immunity. Uh, vaccines do not give you immunity. I have to tell people this all the time. Okay, immunity is where you cannot get sick from something. If you get a vaccine, it's like you're a basketball team and you practice before a game and you you just you, you practice a team that's like the team you're going to play but not the team you're going to play. It's like a it's like a JV version of the team you're going to play. Okay, so then you go, that, that's what a vaccine is. Like you practice playing against the JV version of the team. But then when you actually play the real thing, the varsity version, okay, that's like the actual disease. Just, just because you practiced against the JV version doesn't mean you're going to win when you play the game against the varsity version. Okay, so... Why do some vaccines give you blood clots when you practice against the JV version? And why do some not? What's this extra shit you're putting in there? All it's supposed to be is just the JV version of the virus. What's this extra shit that's giving you blood clots? What are you doing? I don't know, but, but 
Bill Gates evidently made his own vaccine, the Gates Foundation. And he has a patent on it. And he doesn't want to reveal the patent to developing countries throughout the world. Like there's third party country, third party, third party. There's third world countries uh, and, you know, in the developing world that are like, uh, can we get some of that vaccine? And Bill Gates is like, no, fuck that. Show me the money. He's not giving away for free. That's the point. I wonder if this has anything to do with that. Because, you know, he says we, they have this foundation where they want the, that works all over the world to, to enable all people to lead healthy, productive lives. For, well, insert for a cost there. For a cost. I mean, like, I get it. I mean, the guy didn't get where he is, you know, by running a soup kitchen. You know, you, you don't become one of the richest people in the world by just giving shit away. I understand that. And you know what? I don't think he should give it away. I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying Bill Gates should turn over the patent to developing countries and just let them do with his uh, vaccine whatever they want to do. Like, he's basically just, he has a recipe. If he gives them the recipe, says, hey, this is how you make it. That's essentially what they're asking. They're asking for the recipe so that they can make it themselves. They're not asking for him to make it and sell it to them. They're asking, can you give me the recipe so I can make this vaccine for these people in my country, like in India, where apparently the uh, virus is killing a lot of people um, and they don't have vaccines. So I'm like, okay, so where's Johnson & Johnson? Where's Moderna? Where's Pfizer? These are all these other vaccines that are here. But like, why is the Gates Foundation, why are people looking at him like, hey, like, give us your patent? Maybe the other three did. Did the other three do that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If you're listening and you know more than I do, email me. This just inbox at gmail.com. This just inbox at gmail.com. Uh, email me. Let me know because I don't know. Why is, is Bill Gates catching such shit for not turning over his version of the vaccine? Which has it even been rolled out here? Has it has anyone even actually got it? I have not heard anything about the Gates Foundation vaccine. I've heard about Moderna, I've heard about Pfizer, I've heard about Johnson and Johnson. Those are the only three. Has anybody even got the Gates Foundation one? I don't know. But all these third world countries are like, hey, you made one, give it to us so we can use it. Are the other three that I just mentioned, are they not giving it? Are they not? So, and if they're not, then why is he getting such shit for it? Lubbock, Texas becomes the largest U.S. city to outlaw abortion, declaring itself a sanctuary city for the unborn. That's right, people. Lubbock is a sanctuary city for the unborn. Unborn children everywhere are flocking to Lubbock, Texas, because they don't want to be aborted. When I read this title, I was like, hold on, wait, what? Lubbock, Texas is the largest city to outlaw abortion, declaring itself a sanctuary city 
for the unborn. Maybe a sanctuary city for the mother of the unborn. And also, is it really a sanctuary city if nowhere in the nation is forcing moms to get abortions? Like, a sanctuary city is a place where you can go to be safe from something. What they're saying is Lubbock is a place where you can go to be safe from abortions. Am I missing something? Is there, are there groups of people, other states or cities in the nation who are forcing moms to have abortions? And the only way to not be forced to have one is to move to Lubbock. I don't understand why you would call yourself that. That doesn't make sense. But the point is, is that Lubbock, the city of Lubbock, has outlawed abortion. I didn't even know cities could do that. Like, I know that the national government can criminalize or decriminalize or legalize or not legalize something. And I knew that state governments could, but individual cities inside of a state can outlaw abortion? I guess it's not a state law that it's legal or illegal. I guess states leave it up to the local I thought that the next level up was like a county thing. Like below state is county, right? And I guess below county is city. So I don't, I did not know that, that individual cities could outlaw something like abortion. Does that mean that individual cities can legalize abortion? And or if, if they can. If they can make it illegal, I'm sure some can make it legal. And what else can they make legal or not legal? Can they make smoking pot legal as long as it doesn't conflict with the county laws or the state laws? I guess so. But I mean, in Texas, smoking pot, that's a bad example because I'm here in Texas and Texas, it's still, it's a state law that's illegal. So nothing below the state level can, can make it legal. But uh, I guess... Texas doesn't have a law on whether or not abortion is legal or not. Uh, so they leave it up to the smaller, um, whatever those are called, local governments. Um, voters in Lubbock, Texas, approved a proposal on Saturday to outlaw abortion in the city by 62%, declaring itself a sanctuary city for the unborn. Uh, they originally rejected the proposal last year over concerns it would lead to costly litigation and that the measure is now likely to face. Uh, it is not clear when the legislation should go into effect. The Church of Jesus Christ, this is a quote, the Church of Jesus Christ banded together, stepped up their role, their God-given role, and said, we're not going to let babies be killed in our city. Jim Baxa of the West Texas for Life said to the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Thank God for you, Jim Baxa. A guy who never has to actually have 
a child out of wedlock that they never intended to have in the first place or didn't get raped or molested. Abortion is one of those things. This is this is a heavy topic, and I'm not trying to say that there's an absolute resolution to this because there's not, because I'm not a fan of killing babies. But I'm also not a fan of telling women who are not fit to raise a child that they have to have the child out of some sense of moral obligation. Um, I mean, at a certain point, like, you know, in development after so long, I feel like, you know, okay. Like if, if it's nine months and you're like a full term, that's different, but you know, I, I don't know where the cutoff is. I don't, I don't know if the cutoff is two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. I mean, you don't even know you're pregnant. You may not even know you're pregnant for the first two weeks. You know, it could be two, three, just, you know, or four, even four weeks before you even know you're pregnant. So I think it should be longer than that because you're going to give time to have, you know, to, to be able to recognize that you are pregnant. And then you need a, a little bit of time to think about it. And then you need a little bit of time to schedule it and actually go in and do it. I mean, so if you allow four weeks max just to realize that you are pregnant and then two more weeks to think about it and then another two weeks to schedule an appointment and actually get there. I mean, you're talking eight weeks, you know, like that you can make an argument for. If you're at 40 weeks, you're full term. All right. Sorry. You lost your window, but where's the line in there? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm also a dude and I don't have to worry about if I have a one-nighter with some rando, um, you know, if I'm going to get pregnant and then be, you know, sentenced to a life term of this child who I never, and maybe I'm 18 years old, maybe I'm 17 years old. Um, you know, and it's, maybe it's my first time. Maybe I've never done this before that happens. You know, people, you know, they're virgins and then they have sex for the first time. And then now they're pregnant and they're way too young. They don't know what they're doing. And can I just say, we already have too many people. Okay. What's this whole thing about, uh, we got too many fucking people. All right. If you want a kid, if you want more kids, guess what? There's entire foster homes full of them. You can have as many as you want. They're there. They're waiting. They want to be adopted. They're just sitting there. Go get you one. It's like shopping. It's like, you know, why would you go to a breeder? You can go to a rescue place. They're, they're packed to the brim with dogs and cats. You want a dog, Ricky? You want a pet? Go there. And you can have it right away. I know with adoption with kids, it's not right away. It's a little bit different. But my point is, is that they're already there. We already have the people. We don't need more people. <laughs> Relax with all the making of the people. We got seven and a half billion people on the planet. We're already overpopulated. We are. We are. 
All right. Shit. Anyway. But now Lubbock is saying, no. If it, Okay, then move. If I want an abortion, if I live in Lubbock, it's just a city rule. I can just go to the next town over. Now, I know in West Texas, the next town over is like two hours because Lubbock is out in the middle of the fucking desert, halfway between nowhere and BFE. But, you know, still, the point is, I mean, it's a big city. It's 250,000 people. It's a big city, but it's out there by itself. But still, you know, if it's if it's that big of a deal, if it's something as big as an abortion, I mean, just go to the next town over. Okay, Lubbock doesn't allow you to get an abortion there. Go to the next town over, you get it done there, you go back to Lubbock. What does this do? This is like one of those things that's more of a, like, it doesn't really have teeth. It's not really going to make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. Um. If someone wants an abortion, they're going to get one. It makes it a bit more inconvenient to get one, but they're still going to get one. And you know, with all them hoes at Texas Tech be sleeping around, you know, they're going to want to get some. You know what I would do? If I was a savvy entrepreneur, I would open up an abortion clinic in like the closest town to Lubbock. Because then all them college hoes they're going to need somewhere to go. going to need somewhere to go. Making money off of dead babies. That's the American dream. But, um, <laughs> what, what, is, what is critical race theory and why do some people want to ban it? I've been wondering this myself. I, I've heard a lot about critical race theory. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have no idea what it is. I don't. I, I just know it has. It probably has. I still don't understand it. Spoiler. Um, but it probably has something to do with how white people are bad. That's just kind of the theme of today's society. Um. Idaho has passed a law banning the teaching of critical race theory in its schools and universities. So apparently, even though I don't understand what critical race theory is, it's already being taught in schools and universities, even though the average person like me doesn't even know what the fuck it is. So this legislation prohibits educational institutions from teaching that any sex, race, ethnicity, religion, color, or national origin is inherently superior or inferior. An idea that the bill claims is often found in critical race theory. Okay. Can someone fill me in on what educational institutions are teaching that certain sexes, races, ethnicities, religions, colors, or national origins are inherently superior or inferior? Like, can someone tell me where this is happening? I feel like... I feel like I live in crazy. Like, am I, do I live under a rock? Is there a university out there that is teaching how 
certain races are superior to others just inherently. That's the key word there, inherently. That means just as a right of birth, a birthright. Like they're just inherently, just because of what they are, they're automatically superior or inferior. Like what schools are doing this? Are or are there any? I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying I can't say that there's not because I don't know what every single school and university in the country is teaching. I don't know what they're teaching. So I can't say with 100% certainty that that's not being taught somewhere. But can we all agree that if that is being taught somewhere, it's probably by a one-off wacko in a one-off circumstance at a one-off university or school that's probably private, not state-funded, because that shit would never fly in a state-funded school. They would never approve that. And if it is a private school, a one-off private school somewhere, some random place in the country, you're paying to go there, and it's probably not a required course. So if it's not a required course, then you're at a private school that you paid to go to, and it's an elective class that you chose on your own, you know, by your own volition. Can we all agree to that? that this is probably a very, very rare thing that probably doesn't happen very much, if at all, anywhere. I cannot imagine. So all that, that the only thing that that leaves as a possibility is the fact that certain things are being taught and being misconstrued as being uh, an ideology that perpetuates a superior or inferior race inherently. Like maybe they're teaching about something else, but then some sensitive ass wokester um, got butthurt about, you know, hearing something that they did not approve of and then raised a big stink about it. Is that what's happening? And then it caught fire. There's a, somebody, I can't remember who it was, and I know I hate when people do this, but I promise I heard this was some credible source. I think it was on Rogan. Um, he was interviewing someone, and the person said, it might not have been on Rogan. It might have been on Tim Dillon. I only listened to a couple different podcasts. I'm not going to lie. And they're both comedians. But, well, I mean, but they address real shit, but they just talk about it in a, in a funny way. Uh, or sometimes it's not always funny, but then, you know, it's, it's sometimes it is serious, but, um, it's just casual, long form conversation. They were having a conversation with somebody who was talking about how there are people who make a career from rights groups like LGBTQ plus rights groups, black lives matter. Um, the ALU is it ALU American. ACLU, I'm sorry, um, American Civil Liberties Union. So there are people who make their entire careers and livelihoods, meaning their financial incomes, from these organizations that run basically off of um, discrimination or the defense of discrimination. So, you know, their job is only applicable if 
there is discrimination to be fought. And so there are certain groups of people who will perpetuate discrimination or, or blow it out of proportion to make it seem like it's worse than it actually is in order to justify their, their position as a defender of their, uh, of the, or a member of this uh, civil liberties group, which defends against this type of uh, racism or, or whatever ism you want to uh, defend against. So like uh, the, the, the LGBTQ, it's plus now. There's a plus there. Like you took half the fucking alphabet and you got to have a plus there just, to, just as a catch-all in case there's any of the other half of the alphabet you didn't get into the first half. But fucking anyway. So, um, I mean, how broad do you want to go? You're basically saying, whoever, we defend whoever discrimination against whoever i mean good discrimination is bad i get it but like don't invent or blow discrimination out of proportion just so that you can then profit financially from donations from people who donate to your quote-unquote charitable organization which we know how those nonprofits work they're not actually nonprofits, is what they call themselves um, it's kind of like the Save the Puppies Act, you know. Uh, who doesn't want to save the puppies? But really, all the money from the Save the Puppies Act is going to uh, rape children in Saudi Arabia. I just made that up. Why is that the first thing? Because that's the worst thing I could think of. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do that. That's not a good thing. I said it because it's a terrible thing. It's the worst thing I could think of. Okay, so fuck you. So anyway, this, uh, th this whole critical race theory is apparently a course, or I don't know if it's a full-on course, but it's like a, why is it a theory? First of all, it's not a fucking theory. I'm a science guy. Do you know what a theory is? A theory is not what you, you normal people, no offense, I'm a normal person too. But when I say normal people, I mean people who are not, you know, well-versed in, in science, um, you know, language. Um, a theory is not like an idea that may or may not be true. That's a hypothesis. A theory is a hypothesis that has been tested by someone and then they got a result. And then someone else tested the same thing. They did the exact same experiment, followed the same procedures, got the same result. Someone else did the same thing, got the same result. And then after a whole bunch of people do that, it gets submitted to a panel of really smart people. And then these really smart people who are a collective group of scientists all over the world, they all get together and talk about this and look at the results. And then they vote on whether or not it should be a theory or stay a hypothesis. And then it becomes a theory. And then over a certain amount of time of being a theory, it becomes a law, like Newton's laws of physics. There's three laws of physics that Newton has, right? You've probably heard about it in your middle school or high school science class. Those are laws because over a certain amount of time, it's like, okay, like gravity, you drop an apple, it hits the ground. That's a law because it's, it's undeniable. 
a theory is like one step below that. Okay. It's like, okay, we can't, we don't, we can't drop an apple and prove that it hits the ground, but it's the, it's the next best thing. A hypothesis is what these fucking people are talking about. And I'm not saying that there's not institutional racism in this country. Sure there is. Of course there is. There's racist, there's racist policies as recent as the, you know, the, the 1980s. Like, I think redlining, redlining, which is a practice of mortgage lenders who would um, approve or disapprove mortgage loans to buy houses to minorities, depending on where they were applying, like where the house was or the property was that they were applying for a mortgage for. If it was in a traditionally white area, they would not approve it. So they drew red lines on a map and all the areas inside the red lines were the minority places where, okay, if you're black and you want to get a mortgage loan, we're only going to approve the mortgage loan inside these red lines that was called redlining. That way they could keep the black people separate from the white people. That was redlining. And that was something that was only made illegal, I believe, in the 80s. I could be wrong. I'm just talking here. Okay. It's all, but it was recent. My point is, is that it was recent, relatively recent. And, and so, like, one of the biggest ways to generate uh, generational wealth that can be passed on from one generation to the next to the next is through real estate, through the ownership of property, because it always appreciates for the most part, especially land. So you can pass on this generational wealth to your kids and they can pass it on and it'll just grow exponentially and pass on their kids. And then this wealth accumulates over time, right? And so white people have been, uh, well, certain, not all of them, not my family, but certain you know groups of white people who just happen to be white, they happen to be the same color as me, but I am not a beneficiary of this fucking system. Let me just tell you, okay? I'm not a beneficiary of this shit either, all right? Um, so my point is, is that, yeah, that there's, there is institutional racism, sure, but not I, I, like, what is, what is this all of a sudden critical race theory? We have to teach a course about, about it and how it's bad. We fucking know it's bad. We know it's bad. You didn't have to tell me it was bad. Okay, like I get that it's bad. You don't have to tell me the, the what do we do about it? Can we just stop bitching about all this shit and, and, and actually come up with some solutions instead of just bitching about it? Like there's a difference between saying white people are evil because they did bad things in the past. And hey, these bad, this bad shit happened in the past. Here's what we can do to fix it. What can we do to like realistically not write over a blank check to every minority and just say, hey, here's some free money. That's not what people need. People need, they don't need a fish. They need to be taught how to fish. Okay. Or they need to be given the ability to fish on their own. If we get caught up in this trap of just giving people fish, then they're just going to sit on their laurels and expect fish to be given to them. But if we give them the tools and the knowledge and the capacity to go get their own fish, that is where true change will happen. 
But I feel like what all these wokesters are doing is just like whining and bitching about how they don't have as many fish as everyone else. And I, I want more fish. Give me more fish. You have more fish than me. I want, I want to have more fish. Give me some of your fish. Okay, fine. Let's say we redistribute the fish. Everyone's got the same amount of fish. Great. Now what? When you eat your fish, and once you eat the fish, it's gone. Meanwhile, the people who have the capacity and the ability to go get more fish, just go get more. While you run out of fish, they go get more. And then the cycle repeats again. And then we just have people with a lot of fish and then people with no fish. And it's the same thing all over again. Am I the only one thinking this? Like if you stop and think about it for five seconds and you just think about the future and you, and you play it out to its logical conclusion, that's where it goes. We got to give people the ability to go get their own fish, not just give it to them. Speaking of someone who is probably, uh, he's probably on the same page as me. There's this guy who on Jeopardy, uh, let me just read the headline. It says, Jeopardy winner makes powerful statement after being falsely accused of a racist gesture. So this guy named Kelly Donahue, uh, he was, he's been a contestant on Jeopardy. And he won, he had a three-game win streak. So he won three games in a row. So, like, at the end of his third win, he held up a three. But when he did the three, he made it like an okay. Like, how you, you know how you make, like, okay? You tell someone okay, like, with your hand. You make a circle with your thumb and your forefinger, and then you hold up the middle ring and pinky finger, and that's like three. Okay. So this guy, after, so he, he won his first game and he held up a one, and he was like, there's number one. And after he won his second game, he held up a two. He said, there's number two. And then he won a third game and he held up the three in like the version of the okay symbol. Okay. You're probably wondering, where is the story? Well, I'm about to tell you. Apparently, and this was news to me, apparently that's a racist symbol. Apparently. I didn't know until these people who were apparently offended by it told me that it was. And now it's a thing. It wasn't a thing. And now these people who didn't want it to be a thing made it a thing. So now it's a thing. So um, apparently there's a, um, God, what is it? The three percenters? There's like a subsection of white supremacists that are called the three percenters. It says the gesture is similar to the one used by the white supremacist group, the three percenters and the Proud Boys. Who the fuck are the three percenters? I've never heard of these people. Have you heard of these people? If you've heard of these people, please tell me about these people because I do not know anything about these people. I've heard of the Proud Boys. I've heard, I mean, and, and according to what I know, it's just a very relatively small group of racist white guys who get way more attention than they should 
because they do crazy shit. But at the end of the day, there's really not that many of them. I mean, and, and now there's a subsection of that called the three percenters. Who the fuck are these people? 3% of what? 3% of the Proud Boys? Who are already a tiny girl? Like, a who, who are these guys? I don't know, but apparently there's a group out there, and I didn't know this until I read this. They're called the three percenters, and their hand just, their symbol is like holding up the three, like an okay sign. That's, that's how I fucking do it. I mean, I'm 50-50. I'm either the okay sign or I do like the pinky with the thumb and then the three middle fingers. I hold those up. Like, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth. I don't really have like a set three gesture. So half the time I'm racist and the other time, the other half the time, my hand is just uncomfortable because it's not comfortable to do the pinky to the thumb. Like it, it kind of makes my hand cramp like there in that meaty part of the hand at the bottom, you know, you hold it there long enough, kind of gives you a little bit of a cramp, you know, it takes some effort to do that. So sometimes it's just easier to just put the pointer finger with the thumb, hold up the three fingers. Like it's, you're saying, okay. And also back when I was like bartending, I used to bartend. I'd look at people and I would give them like the, uh, the okay sign. I'd be like asking them, are you okay? Instead of walking all the way, the fucking way down there at the end of the bar, I'll just hold up like little, okay. Little did I know I was in a subsection of the proud boys of a white supremacist group. I had no idea. But anyway, he, uh, nothing happened to the guy. The, uh, apparently they were considering taking some sort of, legal action uh but then they said no never mind it was just like a bunch of fucking idiots pissed off this is my thing uh, on twitter like this is this is my thing it was actually on facebook facebook where he got the backlash like people were coming people were coming after this innocent guy just because he was white if he was black and he did that you'd be like oh he's saying okay or or the number three if he was Hispanic and he did that, you'd say, oh, he's saying, okay, the number three. But because he's white and he's saying, okay, or the number three, suddenly it's a racist thing. Like, is that not racism in itself? Yes, you can be racist against white people. You can. It's not called whiteism or blackism or brownism. It's called racism. It's, you don't like someone because of their race. White is a race. Okay. Yes, you can be racist against white. So, so stop with all that bullshit about how you, how you can't be racist against against white people because that is in itself racism when you say that. And if that's not racism, then half the shit that you complain about is also not racism. So don't come at me with that. And I'm not just defending the guy because if he was black and he got and people were calling him X Y Z because he did something. I'd be like, that's dumb too. It just happens. Like white guys just happen to be the target now. It's just like the, it's the cool thing to do is to just, it's almost like trophy hunting. It's like it's open season and white guy are like this wild game 
and the government said, hey, it's open season on these guys. They're overpopulated. They have too much power. We need to thin the herd or something. And it's like people are just looking. They're just they're like hunting. Like they're getting a thrill out of it. They're just hunting. They're just watching. They're watching Jeopardy. They're scrolling through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And they're just fucking looking for anything that they can use to justify mounting that white guy's head on their wall in their trophy room. And I'm not trying to spark a big thing about how white guys are being persecuted. We still got it really good in this country. I'm just saying, can we stop with the bullshit accusations? Can we focus on the real racist shit? Can we focus on like the guys that are the, the, the actual institutional racism that is actually putting entire communities of minorities down? Can we focus on that shit instead of some random ass white guy on Jeopardy who made an okay symbol or the number three in the wrong way that he should have done the pinky thumb instead of the forefinger thumb? Like, is that what we're fucking doing now? Let's go after the real shit. Leave these normal ass people who never did anything to you or anyone else alone. Jesus fucking Christ. Speaking of crazy shit, now homecoming king and queen are canceled. Oklahoma University scraps titles of king and queen in favor of gender neutral royalty titles they gave to two men to boost equality. I know what you're thinking. Justin, you're about to complain about this and you're only complaining because you don't like gay people or trans people and that's why you're complaining about it because you're just an old fogey and you're stuck in your ways in the past and you can't get with the times, okay? No, I have a very logical reason for being irked by this. Let me tell you why. So apparently they don't want to do king and queen and queen anymore. And this is a thing that's happening in many schools, not just University of Oklahoma. It's actually already happened in several other places. It's happening in other places. In Oklahoma, now it's happening. I don't give a shit if you want to do away with king and queen. I don't care. That's not what bothers me. What bothers me is the reason why they are now getting rid of king and queen. They're doing it now because it just happens to be the popular thing to do in the moment. And the action is in no way being carried out out of sincerity. This is not a sincere act that they are doing. They're not like saying uh, that they didn't take it upon themselves to do this. There is this growing movement whether or not it's actually real or if it's just all in our heads because if you think about it the percentage of people who this affects is negligible near zero yet for some reason even like what other thing would you change because it affects nearly zero percent of the population like, I, 
they're just trying to look good. That's what bothers me. It doesn't bother me that they're trying to be more equal or create more gender equality. That's not what bothers me. What bothers me is why they're doing it. I just feel like it's disingenuine. But what they're doing now is they have like random royalty. So basically they want to make it to where it doesn't have to be one guy and one girl. It doesn't have to be a king and a queen. It could be two kings or two queens, but then you don't want to have king and queen because it might not be a king and queen. It might be a king and a king or a queen and a queen. So just to make it easier, they're just going to do away with the whole thing altogether. They're still going to have royalty titles, whatever that means. But like, let's think about this for a second, logically. Okay. Before it was, you have one guy who's the king and one girl who's the queen. That's equal. You know, males or those who identify as males get one. And females or those who identify as females get one. How is that not equal? First of all, how is it ever unequal to give one to one gender and one to the other? That's pretty fucking equal. But now, in order to increase equality, we're going to give two guys the ability to do it or two girls it's not it's going to be split 50 50 like who who had a problem with this the only people who could possibly have had a problem with this are the people who may have gotten homecoming queen or or homecoming king if someone if some other guy didn't get it before them or didn't come in first place so, like, if you're a guy, if there's two guys and they're both up for homecoming king, it's a close race, and one gets slightly more votes than the other. Traditionally, the guy that got the most votes will be king, and the girl that got the most votes will be queen. But now we're saying, okay, so what? Now, we can have two guys that are, like, first and second place guy can both be kings, and then what about the girls? The girls don't get anything? Because there's still only two. Like, there's still only two. Only two are going to get it. It could be one guy and one girl like it used to be. That was equal. Or now it can be two guys or two girls. And somehow that's going to be more equal. The only people who would have a problem with that are the people who might identify as girls. But are actually guys or they're trans. And... They might be a king who identifies as a queen and they wanted to become a queen, but they weren't able to. But gays and trans, I don't think, were they ever not allowed to be king or queen? Like if you are trans, let's say that you are trans. Let's say you're a guy and you transition into a girl. And Is there a rule saying you can't be the queen? Did I miss something? Or if you're a gay guy, if you're a gay guy who identifies as male, but you're just gay, was there a rule saying you couldn't be the king? Did I miss that? Like, if, if you're trans and you truly believe that if you're a guy who transitions into being a female and that you're a female, 
you should you're up for the queen spot and if you don't get the queen spot because you lose out to another girl then what's the fuck's the problem that's how it's always been you want you want the 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 biological girl to become queen and then you to become queen number two like what what do you mean you're a girl right aren't you a girl you're a girl just like the queen is a girl so what you you lost what are we doing i think the whole thing is stupid anyway i think homecoming king and queen is stupid to begin with i can do without the whole thing altogether get rid of it I don't care. The whole thing is dumb. It's a popularity contest and it's stupid and it has no bearing on your real life at all. So instead of doing all this bullshit, can't we just fucking get rid of it? Wouldn't that be easier? And more fun. And with less less bullshit and less politics and popularity contests and crush self-esteem and all that kind of shit. Speaking of transgender stuff, uh Caitlyn Jenner says that transgender girls, meaning boys who transitioned into being girls, should not get to participate on girls' sports teams because it just isn't fair. I got to tell you, I'm surprised as hell. Pleasantly, because I said recently on a different show that I thought the same thing. It's not fair to the girl. I'm not saying it's not fair to the guy. The I'm sorry. Let me back up. Uh, it's not. I'm not saying it's unfair to the trans girl who used to be a biological male but transitioned into a girl. It's not fair to them that they can't compete. This is true. But it's also not fair to the biological females to get their ass kicked by a bi- biological male in a sport or a competition that they have worked very hard to become the best at in their field, in their division, meaning female division. Like, a mid-range dude can kick the shit out of a, a, the best girl. I'm sorry. I know that sounds sexist, but it's just true. Okay? Like, there are freshmen and sophomores in high school, boys, that can dunk, can do windmill dunks, and there's only like two professional women ever, professionals, who have ever been able to do it. There's just a difference physiologically. And I've talked about this in another show. I'm not going to rehash all that shit. But if you thought that I was crazy, this is coming from a trans woman who used to be an elite athlete. So what better person is there to talk about this issue of trans girls in sports? than Caitlyn Jenner, who I think, by the way, I'm starting to like. I didn't hate Caitlyn Jenner because she was trans. I just did not necessarily care for her just because she was like everyone, like as, as Bruce Jenner was, you know, he was a huge, I'm not dead naming Caitlyn. I'm saying in the 80s, Bruce was an elite Olympic athlete. I believe it was the 80s. 
correct me if I'm wrong. I know it wasn't the 90s. I'm just wondering if it was the late 70s or, or 80s. Anyway, that era, then Bruce was an elite athlete. Okay. And then he fell off. And, you know, I mean, he, you know, he married Chris Jenner. Then they had Kylie and uh, what's her butt? Chris, uh, I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't keep up. I don't keep up with the Kardashians. I don't. Apparently, they've been on for 20 years, and I have spent zero time keeping up with the Kardashians. I don't know. I just know that, you know, he had Chris Jenner. Uh, they had some kids, and but that was it. Like, it, he kind of became a reality thing and then transitioned to a woman, and now she's Caitlyn. But in that whole time, after the Olympics being an elite athlete and on the, on the, on the box, the cover of the Wheaties box and all that shit. And the time that, uh, she announced that she had transitioned. No one gave a shit about Caitlyn Jenner. Then Bruce now Caitlyn, no one gave a shit. And then suddenly Caitlyn got woman of the year woman of the year really <laughs> like if that doesn't piss off and if you're like if you're a girl and you're listening to this and you're like oh my god you're transphobe how could you have a problem with that that's wonderful and beautiful okay but i'm what about from your standpoint a, a someone who used to be a guy if you're so pro women someone who used to be a guy has been a woman for like a year and got woman of the year after they had just become one. Like, think about that. Does that not bother you? You're a woman your whole life. All these women have been women their whole lives and fighting adversity and all the shit that women have to fight whenever they're younger, growing up through adolescence and early adulthood and then to adulthood and motherhood and all that kind of shit. And they fight through all that. And then they manage to get successful careers and build themselves up and become these great and powerful women only to be beat out by someone who was a dude a year ago. That doesn't bother you. I'm, I'm not saying I hate Caitlin. I'm just saying I wasn't, it wasn't like someone said, Oh, uh, Bruce is Caitlin now. So you gotta love him. Her thumbs up, smile, wink. Ching. I wasn't, I didn't just immediately say, oh, how brave, how brave. I was like, okay. I just, I was unaffected either way. Okay. So I don't, I never like hated Caitlin. I just didn't get the hype. I was like, okay, this, uh, he, he transitioned. Like what's, why do I have to suddenly worship this person now? So I'm not a hater. I'm just not a lover. It was just indifferent. So apparently, oh, and also, uh, Caitlin is running for California office, governor of California in the recall against Gavin Newsom, which fuck Gavin Newsom, who's a guy, by the way, I say fuck Gavin Newsom, Newsom and thumbs up to Caitlin Jenner, who's a trans one. So I'm not a transphobe. Fuck you. I hate the guy and I'm supporting the trans one. Why? Because California is already a crazy fucking circus so why not arnold schwarzenegger 
he was governor. I mean, why not Caitlin? And I know that I've dead named Caitlin in the past and, and called Caitlin Bruce. And I said, just, but honest, I, I think I might like Caitlin now. I do. Let me tell you another reason why I might like Caitlin is because someone uh, from The View, was it like Joy Behar or something? I don't know. Someone like repeatedly called Caitlin a he or a him. And then the person on the view, I can't remember, maybe it was Joy. It was one of it was one of those fucking old <laughs> old ladies. I don't I don't know which one. But uh, she came back on air like after a break and apologized and was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And did Caitlin freak out like a wokester and demand that she be canceled and and call for her head and, and say that she needed to be fired and lose her career? No, she just said. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. She just said, don't worry about it. No big deal. <laughs> that was it. And she's a conservative. Caitlin's a conservative. So she's a conservative and she's running for public office in California. Hopefully she'll kind of turn that place around. And she's not super woke. And she seems to be logical. And I don't mind calling her a she. I don't. I was weird about it for a while just because I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, really? Are we really going to do this? But I don't know. I think I might like Caitlin now. And I'll call her a she. I mean, I always called her a she. It's just I felt conflicted about it. But I don't feel as conflicted about it anymore. I guess now that I know that she's a rational, logical human being and she's not just doing it to get attention, like, I feel like if there's any trans person who is, is, is going through this transition, she's the most legit. Like, she's not doing it to be cool. Because when she, when she did it, she was like, you know, kind of the, the, the first one. You know, she was kind of the, the OG trans as far as in, in public uh, life. Um, so, I mean, when she did it, it was not necessarily cool yet. And now it just seems like it's a fucking thing that people are doing. And I'm like, I can't just, I just can't help but question, are a lot of these people just doing it just to, uh, not just to do it, but like, I'm not going to say that they're doing it just to do it. I'm saying like, are they doing it because they see it as an option now. Like you, you never consider something that you don't think is an option. And then once you're made aware that something is an option, then, then that becomes an option. And once it becomes an option, some people start taking advantage of that option. And then once some people do it, more people feel emboldened to do it. And then more people and more people and more people. Not that there's necessarily any advantage to taking that option. I'm just saying like, People who would have been previously just otherwise considered super gay. Like, it's fine to be gay. Be gay. I hope you're gay. I, I, I hope you enjoy taking it in the butt or scissoring or whatever. Like, good for you. I'm, I'm happy for you. It doesn't affect me. I have no reason to be upset about it. So go for it. 
but people who would have been previously considered just super gay are now like, well, super gay's kind of been done. What can I do to really differentiate myself? Well, there's this other option now that's becoming more and more socially acceptable. Maybe that's what I am. And then maybe the more I think about it, maybe the more I convince myself that I am. And then maybe the more comfortable I feel with pursuing that. And then maybe I do it. And then maybe you call me the wrong pronoun and maybe I ruin your life. Texas woman faced felony charge for not returning VHS tape over two decades ago. A Texas woman recently learned she was charged with a felony after not returning a VHS tape for over 20 years. First of all, whatever place she rented that VHS tape from, I got to tell you, is no longer in business. Who's coming after her for this money? Is Blockbuster Video, are they coming after you for that money? Didn't all the stores shut down? Is that one in Alaska still open? There was like that last one. There was a documentary about it. It was like the last Blockbuster. It was some some random ass Blockbuster up in Alaska. It was the last one. You remember those things were everywhere. There were multiple ones in the same town and not even a big town. You'd have to have one for this side of town. And you had to have one for the other side of town. You'd go to the one closest to you. And if they didn't have it, you had to go to the one across town to see if they had it. Sure, you could call ahead, but then they may or may not answer the phone. And then even if they did answer the phone, you know, you can't always depend on the person who's answering the phone to go and check and see if the movie's available that you really want. It's easier just to drive over there and go see for yourself. And maybe you'll see something else you like if, you know, if that, it, that's not there. That's how it used to be. But uh, apparently this lady uh, 20 years ago went to rent a VHS tape and she rented it and she never brought it back. And now after 20 years, <laughs> Mr. Blockbuster was like, you know what? I think it's time. That bitch, Cynthia, is going to pay me her dues with interest. What are the, what would the payment, I, I don't even know, they didn't, they don't say how much it is, like what the amount was. Uh, but apparently, the movie that she rented 20 years ago was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, God. Could you imagine facing felony charges over Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Was it worth it? No, no, it was not. <laughs> she lost twice. The first time she lost, she had it was because she had to watch the movie. And now she's getting sued over the movie. If you're gonna get sued over a movie, make it good. Make it like lethal weapon. Like Mel Gibson. And what's that guy named Danny Glover? Danny Glover. Yeah. I'm getting too over this shit. I can't even do his voice. It's too raspy. Uh, they told me, this is her quote. They told me, let me say it in an Oklahoma accent. 
They told me I had an issue in Oklahoma, and this was a reference number for me to call this number, and I did. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm a wanted felon, she said. So she was a wanted felon, is what the, the place told her. Whatever, whoever they are, I don't know who they are that called her. They just said they, uh, according to court documents, McBride was charged in March 2000 for felony, felony embezzlement of rented property. Jesus Christ. The location movie place went out of business in 2008. It went out of business 12 years ago, 13 years ago. How are they suing her now? It's not even a thing anymore. Um, McBride said she doesn't recall renting the movie and believes it may have been an old roommate who was at fault. Of course, she doesn't remember it. It was 20 years ago. I don't remember shit from 20 years ago. He had two kids talking about the guy that she thinks rented the movie. Daughters that were 8, 10, or 11 years old, and I'm thinking he went and got it and didn't take it back or something, she said. I have never watched that show in my entire life, just not my cup of tea. McBride said she also believes that she may have been let go from different jobs during the last 21 years due to the felony charge showing up on background checks. Jesus Christ, could you imagine like getting turned down for jobs and then finding out years later it was because you didn't return Sabrina the Teenage Witch? I bet she sent like death threats to Melissa Joan Hart's house. You bitch. You cost me my fucking career. I could have been somebody. I could have gone somewhere. The charges were eventually dropped by the Cleveland County District Attorney's Office after her story aired on local TV. The District Attorney, Cleveland, Cleveland County. Sorry, I guess that's somewhere in Oklahoma. The District Attorney said McBride will need to get her case expunged to clear her record. That sounds like it should be an easy, easy thing. Uh, There's a guy who is in italy he's an old guy they call him italy's robinson crusoe he was um sailing alone on like a one-person ship i don't know he was just sailing around um this was decades ago i think they said more than 30 years ago um he crashed into a well he didn't crash he, um, he sailed up to an island that was seemingly abandoned in the Mediterranean. And um, he stumbled across the, this island called Budeli. His name is Mauro Mirandi. He's 81 years old. He stumbled across Budeli, an island off of Sardinia known for its pink sanded beach. In 1989, after his catamaran broke down, okay, so it did break down, on the way to the South Pacific. So he's sailing around, his catamaran broke down, he washed up on this island, and in a fortuitous twist of fate, Mirandi discovered that the island's caretaker was about to retire. So apparently this island has a caretaker. Somebody owns this island, but no one actually stays there, so they pay this one guy to just take care of the island. So this guy gets, that sounds like a fucking sweet gig. 
let me tell you, I don't know if this is a thing anymore or if there's any op- like how you get in touch with someone to get the hookup on a job like that, but I'm fucking down. I want to be the caretaker and get paid money to just watch after an entire island by myself. So apparently that's what happened. He washed up on this beach and the caretaker was about to retire. And so Morrow, the guy, abandoned his sailing trip, sold his boat, and took over the role. Just like that. Um, Since then, Mirandi, whose home is a former Second World War shelter overlooking a bay, has got to know every rock, tree, and animal species in the rugged islet. Not island, islet. Um, Mirandi said he had decided to leave at the end of the month after several threats of eviction from La Madalena National Park authorities, which have been managing Bedelli since 2016 and want to reclaim his home and turn the island into what has been described as a hub for environmental education. So basically the man wants to take over this island and kick this guy off so that they can turn it into some bullshit. So after 32 years of being there, he is moving into an apartment. And then it said, and there's like no big ending to the story. Um, he's just giving up and moving back into an apartment. But I just thought that it was really cool that this guy had lived on an island for 32 years by himself. And he's 81 years old. I thought that was a neat story. I didn't know that that was something that you could do is just be the caretaker of an island. So if you or any of your rich friends own any islands that you're not currently inhabiting and you need someone, just look after the place, you know, like trim the hedges, rake the sand, uh, you know, I don't know, just, just do whatever. Test, test the ocean water to make sure it's still salty. You know, just uh, let me know. Let me know. I'm available. I can do the podcast from there. Man, that'd be fun. Could fly people out. Um, all right, and that's it. That's the whole show. Uh, thank you to my sponsors, Windows. Uh, don't forget to go to windows.com, enter promo code this just in sucks 20 percent off your first order of windows stop living in the dark ages people come to the 21st century with windows and sazerac rye whiskey for helping numb my sadness long enough to get me through the show without crying thank you mm-hmm. let's take another sip And thank you to both of my listeners. Thank you, mom and dad, for doing this. Tell all your friends so I can make a few dollars. Actually, even if I didn't make money on this, I'd probably still do it. It's just kind of like a form of self-therapy. It's it's helped, like, you know, it's good to get things off your chest. And I only hope that as I continue doing this, I'll get better at doing so. And it's really much better when I talk to people. I like I like talking to people better. 
Um, so I just need more people to talk to. So, hey, you want to talk? You want to be on a podcast that no one listens to? Let me know. Email this just inbox at gmail.com. All right. That's it, everybody. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. We'll, we'll see you next time. Hopefully it won't be two weeks until the next one. And we'll see you next time. Okay. Goodbye.